Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 107. It's Wednesday, February the 15th. And myself, Rob Howden, I set up to talk with the 2023 Supercarts USA Winter Series finale at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex alongside Nate Dean. He and I will be going at it. We were down there to, for the event and look forward to kind of doing our deep dive into the debrief itself. Uh, this week's show presented by Mega Power. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. The name on this program, Mega Power. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IAMI Shifter. But with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. Increase your odds of winning in 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put Mega Power in your corner. All right, Nate, let's jump into this. We were trackside throughout the weekend down uh, in Homestead for the final rounds of the 2023 Supercarts USA Winter Series. The official dates of the event were February 10th, 11th, and 12th. And as I said off the top, AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires down in Homestead, Florida. We ran in the uh, clockwise direction, which was interesting because some drivers like the clockwise, some like counterclockwise. Both tracks, depending on how you run them, present different opportunities, different challenges in terms of overtaking opportunities. Uh, this was rounds three and four of the four-round championship. There was one drop this year, which was new. Sixth season for the championship, which began back in 2018. All in all, you know, Nate, we were down for both the races in January and February, and the, the weather was pretty solid. We had pretty decent weather, actually, this weekend, and again, no rain. Pretty pretty cool. Yeah, unlike previous years past, no rain, so that was nice that it held off. Like you said, relatively good weather. It was a bit chilly the first weekend, and come Sunday, it got a little windy towards the end, but otherwise, it was pretty good weather for Florida this time of year. Yeah, Saturday was nice. We had mid eighties. It was it was good, but yeah, then the wind came in actually on uh, uh, on Sunday. You could see people putting on the sweatshirts on on the hoodies. It got a little little more chilly on on uh, on Sunday, but none, nonetheless, as we said, some blue skies. We did get some overcast at the end of the day on Sunday, but it was just tremendous weather to go down to. And again, no no rain, which is something that, we, as Nate said, we're normally used to getting some kind of rain, even even some of the traditional like midday stuff that happens. In South Florida, where you get the rain from you know two o'clock to three o'clock, kind of thing that didn't didn't happen. So we were running on the the uh, the dries for the MGs all weekend long. Uh, Nate, let's have a look at the numbers. Uh, we, we do that obviously in all of our podcasts here. Last year, they had about two hundred and fifty drivers uh, uh, at the. Or we had two hundred fifty drivers at the first race this year. Um, it dropped down, and we knew it was going to drop down. When we did the Outlap podcast, there was one hundred and ninety. I think it was one hundred and ninety pre entries that we looked at. They ended up getting 27 walk-ups. <laughs> so there was 217 drivers in total. So a pretty solid walk-up number. Yeah, and I think we kind of talked about Florida races typically having a bit more walk-ups than other ones. So it was expected to see some walk-ups. 27 is a fairly big number, so that was good to see. Um, in terms of classes, it was still down in most. It had... We'll get into it more, but the only one that gained was K Master going from 14 to 15. Everyone else kind of dropping off. But like we said in the last podcast, I think it's just a matter of some people wanting to just run that one weekend and shake the rust off and the others wanting to go for that title. 
Yeah, it's exactly that. And it's interesting because obviously there was about 33 less drivers. There was 250 round one, 217 round two. And it wasn't really any one big class that shrunk. Everything essentially went down a couple of, you know, a couple. Micro Swift down three, Mini Swift down five, Junior down two. The biggest drop was an X30 Senior, which went from 38 down to 31 drivers. But still 31 drivers. Uh, as Nate said, K100 Master up one throw in the addition of Mike Rawlison from Rawlison Performance Group there. But then, yet, you know, Junior was – K100 Junior down five, Senior down four. Everything really was down just a couple. I think the, the, the tough one when you see a down five in Pro Shifter and down three in Master Shifter, you only started with nine and five. We ended up with four and two. So, once again, Skuza still, uh, I guess, challenged would be the best word, Nate, uh, to try to figure out how to draw Shifter Cart guys to come down to this winter series. Yeah, it's – it's difficult, I think, if people don't want to put too much time on their engines and on their bodies to come and run it. I think since it's, it, there's not a lot of prestige per se, like compared to like the Super Nationals or the Grand Tour that come yep. the the wow the Super Nationals and the Pro Tour. I was yep. watching Jeremy Clarkson's farm, so that's where the Grand <laughs> Tour came from. That's all right. Um, yeah, I think so. It's more of just like that said, just shake the rust off series and people not wanting to put extra time on their engines. How you get people to come down, that's beyond me. That's something for Scusa to try and figure that's out right. in the future. But yeah, like you said, just low numbers for the shifter categories. It's interesting, you know, in one of the interviews on Car Chaser, um, AJ Myers had said that the reason, you know, the reason why he came down was because he was living in North Carolina now. So he's got a full time job. And it's like he said, I need to get in some, I need to get some driving in where it's hot, right? It, and it was 80 degrees on Saturday. He said he was, his face was red. He was sweating. It was a hardcore run for 22 laps for him. So he really used it as kind of a training uh, opportunity to get him ready for Orlando and the, and the launch of the, for the Pro Tour in March. So maybe that's, I, I don't know, Scrooge is going to have to figure out what, it, what they'll need to do to entice more drivers to come down. And again, we talk about the fact that shifter racing really is just kind of on that rebirth kind of cycle where, We've moved. Everybody said she moved to the KZ power plant. We've seen good numbers in other areas. We'll see what Scoos is able to do to figure out how to get more people uh, out to the race in 2024. Well, that's, uh, that wraps our first segment, folks. When we get back, we'll jump into the paddock pass. A couple of things to talk about. There was some pretty cool stuff that happened trackside. Uh, so when we get back, we'll go into that. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlson Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. 
Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. Welcome back to our EK and Debrief podcast for the final rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series that took place uh, mid-February, February 10th, 11th, and 12th at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. I'm Rob Howden, joined by Nate Dean on the, on the show today. Uh, let's jump into the Paddock Pass, presented today by Paraland USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Paraland decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Paraland was born. Paraland USA is North America's source for Paraland products, and we run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Paraland chassis line for 2022 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the Cadet Classes, and the Daytona 4-Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Paraland. For more information, head to ParalandUSA.com. So, Nate, we already jumped in and talked about the, the walk-up numbers. That was, of course, one of the, the big talking points throughout the day on Friday when we were trackside uh, with, uh, with 27 drivers coming in. As we kind of walked around, really the first thing that caught my eye was I saw Joe Turney, and I'm looking down at the go-kart, looking at the suit, and, oh, <laughs> we're not on Kart Republic this weekend. So that, that was kind of interesting that for Joe Turney, the factory driver for Kart Republic, uh, rolls over uh, for the first round in January wearing, uh, wearing the Kart Republic colors. And all of a sudden, he's driving the DAP colors this past weekend. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing to start off the weekend. Yeah, it was good to see uh, a fairly new product out front and being proven. I think one other driver in X30 Senior was running the DAP colors on the first weekend. But it's still fairly relatively new. It's going to be great press for them within a couple within the first month of yeah. them having those colors and in the States already winning a major event. So nothing but good press for them. Obviously a lot of the stuff we're rolling out here came in our paddock insider, which uh, we wrote up uh, on Friday and throughout the weekend. A lot of stuff was us working around the paddock. One of the bits was I was talking to Seth Nash um, and you know, there's a lot of people right now that are, that are all over the parallel chassis. It is a very strong chassis as we know in cadet competition. Uh, Seth said their program, Nash Motorsports, they are still they are 100% focused on the energy chassis for their cadet program, both on their East and West Coast program. So I thought that was kind of an interesting deal as well. Uh, obviously, you know, the energy is a name that's been around a long time. And, uh, you know, talking to Seth, he's good friends with Mick Panagata from, from Energy. And so that, that'll be their focus moving forward. So we're we are going to still see a number of brands in that cadet class. Yeah, it'll be good to see some different hopefully some different brands up front than just parallel as it is right now because they are 
kind of dominating everything in micro and mini with both of the titles this year going the way of Parallel USA. So good to see them commit to Nitro Kart and their products, and hopefully we'll see more of them up front. Yeah, uh, uh, the energy chassis. Uh, anyways, energy, uh, yeah. yeah, energy. And Nitro's obviously made some moves as well. So we'll, we'll may, we, may, we may need to have a little cadet article coming out from the website soon. I'm just thinking as we try to talk about chassis and about the platform of it, that may be something that would be kind of cool as an editorial piece on the website. We'll talk about that uh, off air. Um, talking about tourney and, you know, walking up and seeing somebody in different colors. Well, I kind of cruised over and slipped into Rawlson performance group and was going to chat with Mike, uh, just to say hi. And when I got into, when I got into the paddock, uh, he had a racing suit on, was standing in front of a cart. <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Uh, another one of our walk-up entries, as we said, Mike Rawlson electing not just to, run his team this particular weekend, but Mario Barrios, one of his uh, longtime drivers, decided they were going to run the KA100 class uh, on the the harder tire like uh, he did. Uh, Mario did double duty at Super Nationals back in November. And Mike said, no, Mario's jumping in. I said, I'll come and race with you. So I thought that was kind of cool. And obviously, as when we get into the deal, if anybody followed, obviously, the action on the weekend, not only did Mike just run the weekend, he actually dominated the action in the mains. But, you know, you look at, you look at some of these teams, they all, well, really all of these teams, the drive, you know, the, a lot of these, the, the, the team owners are former top drivers. We just don't see them jumping back behind the wheel a lot. So for, for Mike to be able to run every once in a while, and especially this past week, and I think that is just something that is a really unique part of our sport. Yeah. And I think it's cool for them to obviously get that opportunity, do it early on in the season, because they're probably going to get a bit busier as, Seasons go on as sure. these bigger championships pop up with USPKS, the Pro Tour, and then eventually Super Nationals later on in the year. But it's a good opportunity for Mike to shill, still show his skills. And obviously, like you said, absolutely dominating the Masters field this weekend. You know, Nate, one of the things I said in the broadcast, and I said it to, 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 uh, to Mike after the weekend was over, I said, uh, it, it's good for Mike under the tent as well. You know, because when you're sitting there, okay, I want you to take a corner like this, or you're not doing this right, you should do this. Well, when you can connect that with, oh, by the way, and I just went out and did it myself. <laughs> the, <laughs> the cart's perfect. The setup's perfect. This is what I was able to do. Uh, I think it's it's good for my, Mike. Mike goes, yeah, yeah. Now at least I got I got to put up put up or shut up kind of a thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I thought that was good for him. Uh, the last little bit, uh, there was uh, some uh, a little rumor going around the paddock. And I believe by the time this goes out, I think it's going to be news because it's, it's done now. Uh, we obviously, one of the big things that came, we had it on the website in January that Sodi Cart was coming back to the USA in a, in a big way, setting up their new program through the cart, the cart distribution program down in Florida. Um, they, we already have the Sodi line. We saw them in the in the OKN category with the guys in the karting collective out in out in uh, Northern California. Well, news that's coming out right now is that PK Sport from Florida is going to be moving to the Sodi Kart line as well. That's one of the rumors that I had when I was down there. I confirmed it, talking to Terry Jamanovich from the Karting Distribution. So uh, the the one of the major brands in the sport, right? Sodi Kart out of France, the not only just competition carts, but they're huge in the rental cart business as well. Uh, I think it's really big again for the for the American karting market in the community that one of the major players in our sport setting up shop to really go at it here uh, for, for U.S. karting. Yeah, it's interesting them going from a predominantly Burrell based team to Sodi. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that success up with Burrell being such a proven brand over here and Sodi being fairly new. But I'm sure if anyone is going to figure it out, they can be a good example for what Sodi Car can do on this side of the pond. They've obviously had a ton of success in WSK and other European 
events they're kind of a mainstay up front so hopefully i think with them bringing their chassis and their product over here they'll be seeing a lot more success yeah, I agree 100%. And have a look for that, folks. Obviously, this broadcast will be coming out here uh, today on Wednesday and Thursday. It'll be on the ECAN Radio Network. can become a podcast after that. Have a look at the article that we have on, on eCardi News right now. A lot more information goes more in-depth of this new uh, partnership between PK Sport and Sodi Kart and Sodi Racing. Uh, all right, let's go into our next break. When we get back, it's time to start at it. We'll have our race report. We'll get started with X30 Senior, Pro Shifter, and KA100 Senior after this break. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business Stockholm Karting Center in October of two thousand nineteen. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past twenty five years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper Push the button and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-8020. 777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Acceleration Cart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Cart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Cart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to uh, episode number 107 of our EKN Debrief, our post-race, essentially race report podcast. We're talking about the Supercarts USA Winter Series finale down at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. Rob Howden and Nate Dean here with you. We'll jump into the race report. And first, we'll talk about the presenting sponsor, Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. 
Check us out online, our online store at www.franklincart.com, where all of our products are just a mouse click away. Uh, all right, let's have a look at X30 Senior, presented by Speed Concepts Racing. Here's the headline. Turney invades U.S. for first series title. Uh, interesting, obviously, Turney was very strong on the opening weekend in January, coming back to try to finish this thing off. Uh, out of the gate, though, was Austin Garrison, who ended up qualifying on the pole position. Austin, uh, I guess a late decision or a late uh, call to be able to run with Speed Concepts Racing. He's got some sponsorship to help him do this. So he put his uh, Speed Concepts Red Speed on the pole. Uh, Joe Turney stepped up to grab the pre-final. Maybe that was pretty interesting, actually. Uh, obviously, a lot of great racing guys were going back and forth. Uh, the racing seemed pretty heated uh, in the X30 senior classes. They were going at each other pretty good. Joe Turney and, and Ryan Norberg, of course, were right in the fight. Donovan Bidia, boy, by that win back in January, had a lot of confidence and momentum. Uh, one of the drivers actually that worked his way into the top five on on by the end of the day was Alessandro Tulio, but he was not happy with their, their chassis setup. They were kind of struggling for overall grip. It finally got things kind of dialed in by the time the weekend was over, and each day got a little bit better. Uh, but Nate, out of, out of the gate, pretty pretty solid. Garrison was able to get away, but man, the battling behind was good. Yeah, it seemed like there was some pent-up aggression from the <laughs> Sunday final from the first yeah. weekend that people were still trying to get out, but it's always rough and hard, and uh, X30 senior racing, you're coming to expect that nowadays. But fair racing, to be fair to them, it was good to watch as always. Garrison was quick. Turney up front again. Norberg, some of those mainstays that you see now. Aiden Grada was up there, who's getting closer and closer to a first senior win in Scusa competition. A lot of other drivers showing their pace throughout the weekend in the warm up and qualifying sessions who weren't really able to hold on. Noel Leon had some good one lap pace, but just was one of those drivers that couldn't hold it throughout a run. Yep. Uh, same with the Burrell Art guys of Mateus Morgado and Diego Ramos, both having very good practice sessions and qualifying sessions for them respectively and just not being anywhere in the race where it was like that top five that top six pack that would just run away each time it seemed like the same thing for january for the psl carding guys right morgado and ramos where they kind of they, they weren't great out of the gate they were outside the top 10 all, like again a big field but they were kind of out just outside the top 10 then continued to set you know work on the setup and get better and better to the point where on sunday um, Morgado was actually battling for third at one point, but knowing that he wasn't in the championship fight, I think he kind of pointed Garrison by at one point. And, uh, the bottom line is, is that, is that again, like you said, there's a, certain guys that are up front. The racing was aggressive because this particular track layout only has a couple of really good passing opportunities and guys were kind of going at it pretty good there. All in all, as I said, Garrison was kind of able to pull away a bit, got, got himself a gap near the end of the main event. The main event, Aiden Grotta was the player though, because he worked his way up into third, and then got by Benia for second. And during that, we had uh, we had Marion Kremers in the booth with us, and Marion actually was commenting on how impressed he was with Aiden and Grada, who didn't look like a rookie senior, looked like he belonged there and, and was real calm, and he would lose a spot and not get too over-aggressive. He was able to go by Benia for late, uh, a little bit late in the race. And that, I think, and, and even, even uh, Kremers said that. Marion's like, that's a big move for the team because he was able to get by. And then knowing that Turney was probably going to dial things back up because Turney and Norberg both fell back to fourth and fifth for a time when it was, when it was getting hectic out there. Uh, Ingrata got by Bonilla. Turney eventually got Bonilla. And then he got up to Ingrata and, and Ingrata hold him, held him off for quite a bit. So essentially protected his teammate and Garrison went away to a 2.9 second victory. Uh, Joe Turney did come in second in the Dak cart. Not Norberg was third. 
Bonilla was still fourth, and Alessandro Tulio came up late. And I want to say he got, I think he might have got um, Ingrado on the last lap to be able to go to fifth, because Ingrado went back to like sixth or seventh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but just commenting on the Tulio came into the weekend second in points behind Turney with a real shot at getting this title. And like you said, just saying you were nowhere is a bit of a discredit to how good these drivers are and how competitive this field is. But in terms of the X30 senior field, he was just nowhere throughout the weekend. And fortunate for him, obviously, he's going to have some more races scheduled in karting for here and there, probably not a full-time season with his commitments in car racing, but probably again, just for him, I shake the rust off series and see where he is with this field. Have some fun a bit. I think he'll be a, probably a bit disappointed with where he finished after this weekend. But again, it's just such a tough and competitive field that you have in X30 senior. I think Norberg commented post race with the car chaser guys. This has been, one of the most difficult championships I've been competed in. And it's only two weekends. The level yeah. of competition was just so high throughout the entire field where you would see the top five or the top six just run away. And then a few seconds later, it would be like world champions and American karting champions who just can't keep up. And you're thinking just how, like I said, <laughs> just how competitive this field was. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Pauly Massimino will go to the hard charger right now. Of course, he ran the Cart Republic the first weekend, got back on the red speed for uh, for Speed Concepts Racing. Uh, uh, was 18th at the start, was able to go up plus nine. He ends up ninth, so a good run for Pauly Massimino. On Sunday, you look at the results, and it's really all Joe Turney. Qualified on the pole position, uh, took the pre-final win at the, uh, at the green flag, was able to get through turn one cleanly and led early. Um, Ryan Norbert slipped by. Obviously, at this point, coming into Sunday, everybody knew what they had to do. They had, they had to beat Turney. All the you know, all the scenarios were going to be playing out because you know, uh, guys like Austin Garrison was still in the fight. So was Ryan Norbert. They all knew they needed to push Turney backwards. So uh, Norbert went by Turney very quickly, and I think he was kind of hoping potentially that he was going to get eaten up potentially by the guys behind him. And and uh, we had uh, Zach Clayman DeMello in the booth with us for that one. And he was wondering whether or not Norberg might try to stack Turney up, you know, kind of start going in on the defense a little bit to get everybody back into the, uh, into the fray. But to Norberg's credit, his concept was, I'm going to kind of get out and see if I can't pull away from him. Um, he did a little bit of that, but not much as Turney kind of hung with him and eventually went back by about four or five laps later. Turney ended up just kind of running away. Uh, he and Norberg ran away to it. It was a half a second at the line because Norberg really, Never got close enough to challenge again, but was keeping Turney honest. So in the end, uh, when it came down to really being his his hands, Turney stepped up and got that championship. His first running for Cart Republic, of course, on the DAT chassis, which is a Cart Republic uh, machine, uh, piece of material. So uh, Turney was impressive, won the championship by 80 points over Norbert. Garrison ended up in uh, third. Uh, Garrison actually got rooted off the racetrack, I think, in turn number one. All of a sudden... You know, we got the, the one shot that we had. He was way off the racetrack and won after getting uh, punted from behind. But he came back, as I said, and was able to get by Morgado. I think kind of made it easy for him. He ended up finishing in third spot. Pauli Massimino, another strong run. He was ninth, as we said, at the hard charger on Saturday. But uh, was kind of in, in, in more of the fight. We talked quite a bit about Pauli Massimino throughout the week. And he ended up in, uh, in fourth. And to his credit, another really good run for Aiden and Grada. Uh, so top five, Aiden's really starting to look super strong here. Again, a rookie driver in the senior category, having made his Scusa debut in senior at the Super Nats last year. I'm telling you, I think he's lined up for a really good year, Nate. 
No, I think so too. And you said, and what Marion said on the broadcast, he just looked so calm and confident on track. It's not like it's a first year for him and senior. He wasn't yeah. acting like that. He was acting like a seasoned veteran. He wasn't looking back a ton, seeing where everyone was. He was just head down, get the job done. He, at one point, I don't know who the other driver was, but going into the, what would be turn four, going the other direction, the hairpin, and then the quick uh, to the left, obviously we're going the opposite direction, but he dove in on, I think, two carts, one of them being Norberg, the other might have been Garrison (laughs) at some point, and that was kind of like, oh, okay, kind of bold (laughs) statement from the Speed Concepts driver and saying, I'm here to stay for this senior titles throughout the year. I commented on that. You're right, Nate. That was a uh, that pass was two, like two guys in that corner and was able to have enough exit speed too. And I was kind of the same thing. Like, man, all right. Apparently, yeah, I'm here. I'll be racing with you guys all year. My name's Nate Negrano. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I loved it. Again, as I said, Joe Turney walking away with the championship. Norberg in second and Garrison in third. Pro shifter category. We can kind of just cruise through this one pretty quick. <clears throat> Here's your headline. Myers sweeps weekend with second series title. Bottom line, only four drivers in the category. Uh, so Myers really topped every session. Uh, Giorgio Carrera on the Lenzo cart for International Motorsports was close at the start of the main events, but in the end, Myers just settled in and was able to pull away. Uh, 5.6 seconds, the victory on Saturday, and 4.3 seconds, the victory on Sunday. Same uh, top fours, uh, uh, Myers on the Magic cart, Carrera on the Lenzo. Uh, Pedro, Piquet, Pedro Piquet got third both days on the uh, Burrell Arts and Amy Rule on the Magic Cart with fourth on both days as well. Uh, Myers gets the championship, Carrera in second, Rule in third. So not a lot to talk about in Pro Shifter, which was brought to you by PSL Karting. So let's jump into the, the KA100 Senior Class because this was a, a very spirited battle throughout the entire weekend. Aspen Sport, the sponsor of the class. Here's the headline. Phillips inches out in title chase with two podium finishes. Uh, and indeed, Peyton Phillips was very impressive throughout the weekend. Out of the gate, though, it was uh, Nicholas Terlecki, uh on the Hotz Racing Franklin OTK, the Xpree, who qualified on the pole position. Uh, but an issue on the warm-up lap of the pre-final, a card issue, sent him to the tail of the field, which was set up a hard charger award for Terlecki. Phillips, in his, in his uh, place, ends up taking the uh, the win in the pre-final. And the, the racing just was just neat. I, I know that you know, we kind of watch, we both were watching, you were taking video for, for the reels and just the racing KA 100 senior was just tremendous all weekend long. Yeah. It's typical K 100 senior racing that you'll see all across the country. It's yeah. just, it's come into this pack racing mentality now with how good these drivers are and how close these drivers are. You mentioned Turlecki had some pace the first weekend out at AMR could was kind of knocking on the door of that front battle. Finally, had a good qualifying session and obviously that hard charger that he eventually got from 24th to 7th, which is sure. very impressive to get 17 spots in this field. Unfortunate for him, he wasn't really in the title fight. So I think he was just here to try and go for wins, lay it all on line there and just prove himself in the senior category that he's been in for the past couple of years. He's really doing that quite well, whether it be he's always up front and a threat, whether it be in Scusa competition, whether it be at Route 66 or use PKS, he's yep. one of those drivers in the next couple of years I would not be surprised to see get a major national championship. 
Uh, a couple of drivers that were, were uh, kind of the forefront in uh, January stepped back up again. That's Colin Lloyd and Aiden Levy. Both those drivers uh, who got wins in January were right back in the middle of the fight as well. Uh, the other was Austin Jurs on the Merlin for Franklin Motorsports. He really kind of dialed things up and was in the fight again, as was Vinny Miskellis, who had a couple, a couple of top fives. Good job for Vinny Miskellis. Uh, but in the main event, it actually was Peyton Phillips was able to pull away to get his first major National Supercarts USA. Went one by just over a second from Austin Jurst after all the fighting. Uh, Colin Lloyd uh, third, Aiden Levy in fourth, Vinny Miskellis in fifth. And in the interview afterwards, uh, Peyton was pretty emotional about it, man. It's you know you 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 work your ass off, you you dig. He's won a bunch of races and championship has you know I think he's been a championship winner in Texas, been doing a lot of regional racing down there. He's been it's been fun to watch him develop throughout the last couple of years. But this was really a breakout for him running with RPM and the the emotion. It didn't it wasn't over, it didn't go crazy, but he could you could tell that he was getting choked up a little bit in the post race interview, having got that first victory. Yeah, for sure. And I think after. Uh weekend the first time out where he was just knocking on the door of those front runners the entire time of levy and lloyd and those guys uh luke welcome who were all up there and peyton was just kind of in that battle fell back a couple times but he was always there and always a threat wasn't able to convert this time but was able to get that first win here and obviously he would take home the championship by over just 12 points to Colin Lloyd in the end so that's a major boost of confidence for him a good look on the resume for his racing and like I said with Turlecki he'll definitely be a threat for whatever K100 series or whatever engine class he goes into for 2023 yeah it should be interesting I was, I was talking to the Turleckis afterwards I think they're going to give a little little look at the OKN class this year too so there's you'll see Turlecki in a bunch of different stuff Going into Sunday, of course, Phillips with that win kind of puts himself back into championship contention, right? Like, like Nate had said, he really wasn't one of the guys up front at the very front in January, but to step up with the the win on in round number three, there's one drop this year, which kind of makes things a little bit more interesting. Colin Lloyd comes out on Sunday, qualifies on the pole, and then kind of dominates the pre-final. And a lot of the conversation afterwards was uh, going into the main was we just we have to do what we can not to let Colin get away because if he does, you know, he's going to win the championship. He's going to win this race. So that's the way the way kind of things played out. Um, He eventually got there anyways, which I thought was funny. There was a lot of passing back and forth, some great racing. Once again, Uh, Lloyd was able to get to the front and end up pulling away, not by much six tenths of a second because Cameron Weinberg on the CRG stepped things up. Uh, Cameron did a tremendous job to get his way up into second Phillips though, in third position, he's the, that, that, that was enough to get him, the championship by just 12 points over Colin, uh, Colin Lloyd, uh, January winner, Aiden Levy, fourth on Sunday. He ends up 65 points back. So, uh, again, essentially, three winners on the season, and, and they fin- end up finishing uh, first, second, and third, right? Two wins for Lloyd, one for Phillips, one for Levy. And as I said before, uh, Vinny Miskellis, a couple of top fives. It wasn't I don't think Vinny ever got himself into first or second at one point, but he was always right there, anywhere from like, you know, fourth to sixth. And then end up coming home with a couple of top five. So all in all, for Vinny Miskellis as well, a great way to start the season. Yeah, for sure. And unlike that, the top three were always a handful of drivers between Phillips, Lloyd, Levy, Welcome, who wasn't here this weekend. But the pack from like fourth to eighth had to have been at least like 15 different drivers throughout the weekend. Agreed. With others taking turns. Like Josh Hotz was up there at some point. So he didn't probably didn't have the weekend he wanted i don't think he got on the podium this uh for either of the four races but yeah. again 
of track I don't think he and Franklin have done as much racing on as some of these southern based teams especially with the championships that run here a lot but a lot of impressive performances throughout the field and when you have so many of them it's hard to highlight all of them and really showcase them but again Peyton Phillips with a very very well deserved championship in the end for K100 senior yeah, you mentioned a bunch of drivers there in that, that that extra group. One of the guys that didn't get a top five but definitely was a player in the weekend was Noah Rosser as well. He was up 12 yes. spots uh, to seventh on Sunday. So he was one of the guys that was kind of in the fight, even though uh, he wasn't able to get a top five to finish into it. All right, so let's uh, do another quick break. When we get back, we'll do X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and then, uh, yeah, we'll jump for another break after that. So we'll do, we'll do some KA100 when we get back on this edition of The Debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Cart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. You want the best? You just got to roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from streetersuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but Carding's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 107 of our EKN Debrief as we're taking a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Winter Series Finale at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. My name is Rob Howden, joined by Nate Dean and Franklin Motorsports, the sponsor of our race report segment of this edition of the Debrief. Let's go to X30 Junior, which is presented by Rawlson Performance Group. Here's the headline. Rivera doubles up 
to secure championship. And really, he was kind of the dominant factor in terms of race wins on the year. He and Stephen Miller really were kind of locked and loaded all weekend long in both KA100 Jr. and X30 Jr. Out of the gate, though, it was another Rawlison Performance Group driver who took the qualifying time. That was Diego Ardiles uh, in the pre-final. Uh, Rivera stepped back up and, and grabbed the pre-final win and would take the lead early. But again, like I said, it was kind of the Miller and Rivera show all weekend. They kind of hooked up and pulled away. Uh, Ardiles fell back and scrapped his way forward. But really, it was interesting, uh, Nate, because Rivera and, and Miller, now I don't think there was any love lost because they kind of got into each other a couple of times. But man, they were really just locked on each other. It was either Miller leading or Rivera leading. They, they worked together pretty well, though, like you said, they did have their elbows up a little bit. Yeah, the elbows came out in uh, K.A. Jr. between yeah. the two of them uh, <laughs> later on, but X30 Jr. was a bit more tame for them. Uh, yeah, Diego Ardiles getting the poll on Saturday, and that was about it for the rest of the pack to try and challenge uh, Ernesto Rivera, yeah. taking all the wins on the weekend and then taking qualifying on Sunday. Just absolute dominance from the rpg driver and there's really not much else to add when you are that far out in front and showing that much pace so another good weekend for arnesto he's been on fire since that super nationals victory last year so looking at a very competitive and potentially a couple championships in his future for 2023 yeah, I agreed. Uh, Rivera now, what, uh, I guess if you, if you go back to the Super Nats, right, that's he's essentially four for five in X30 Junior Racing. Uh, got one in January and two this weekend. Uh, it was it was tighter up front in, in the first race as Rivera and Miller were together. They crossed the line just three-tenths of a second apart. Ardiles, as I said, came back to finish third. Cameron Brinkman was in the fight all weekend as well in the Mike Doty Racing LN card. He ended up fourth on Saturday. Leonardo Scorpioni. Also in the fight, we'll talk more about Leo throughout the entire uh, show here. He ends up fifth uh, for Zanella Racing on on Saturday. Teddy Musella, another uh, one of the drivers for RPG, started 22nd, got up to ninth in the main event. So he was the hard charger with a 13-plus uh, move forward. Uh, on Sunday, a lot more racing because uh, Leonardo Scorpioni kind of got himself into the fight up front as well. So there was three drivers in the lead group. And as they were kind of battling back and forth a little bit, that allowed Rivera to pull away. He ends up winning by 7.5 seconds. So a really strong weekend for Rivera and X30 Jr. And we talk about how he was kind of right there with Caleb Gaffera last year. Caleb, of course, was kind of the primary junior driver winning all those races for RPG. Caleb moving on. Uh, we'll find out where he's running. Yeah, I don't think they've confirmed it as of this point, what his plans are for 2023. But Rivera's kind of stepped into that lead role. Now he's got a bunch of junior drivers behind him that he's kind of providing data for. So a big win for Rivera on Sunday as well to cap off the championship. He wins by Miller by 110 points. Enzo Vidmontien, uh, who was fourth, was third overall in the points. He's fourth ahead of Brinkman on Sunday. The Scorpioni, as I said, was right in the fight. And there would be more for a Scorpioni for sure on the weekend. Uh, third on the podium on Sunday. Hard charge was Christian Meyer, who was up six, 17th up to 11th for Christian. But when we roll into the K100 junior class, Nate, brought by Motaz Sport, it was kind of a different story, right? Because we're kind of going back and forth. Rivera was in the fight for both of those races, but he did not come away uh, with a win. Only, in fact, one podium as the headline is this. First Scusa championship for Miller with four straight podiums. It was a really, really good weekend for Stephen Miller and KA100 Jr. Yeah, and like we said, in X30 Jr. is a bit more predictable uh, up front in 
JFK Jr., it's when everything kind of broke loose and yeah. a lot of drama unfolding, <clears throat> different people up front and leading. Stephen Miller has been one of those drivers throughout the back half of uh 2022 that really stepped up in my eyes and then has really carried that momentum like arnesto from his supernats win until now he's very very strong at amr he's run a couple of regional championships in the florida region so he has a lot of experience on this track a lot of people saying how good the cart republic is on this track and that's obviously what steven was running so it was good to see him up front, obviously proving himself in a very, very difficult field. Mentioned Cameron Brinkman, who didn't quite have, I don't remember what day I, he had a bit of an issue where he made some contact that was out of Saturday or Sunday, but he had a fairly impressive performance. Same with Sarah Bradley, and you can go on and on. Oliver Weldon had some good runs. Emma Kate Scarborough. It's the same thing with uh K100 senior where there's so many people who had such standout performances even outside the top five that can't recover in such a short podcast but just a lot of great drives throughout the field and Stephen Miller being the star throughout this season yeah Miller can qualifying on pole the, the star of the pre-final was actually Oliver Weldon he was able to go through the entire field from starting deeper in the field and pretty impressive for the driver who won the mini swift championship last year he was right in the middle of the fight. So I think Oliver's going to have a tremendous season uh, in that LN chassis for JC Cardi. He ended up winning the pre-final, but wasn't able to transition that uh, into a top five uh, on the day. Miller was able to win by 2.3 seconds. Sarah Bradley finishing in second, but, but she was actually third on the racetrack. Hudson Schwartz, I believe, finished second, but got penalized for squish. That brought Bradley up to second. But even regardless of that, a tremendous drive for, for Sarah. She was very impressive, got right in the middle of the fight, was battling it out with the with the Brinkmans and the Vidmontians, and 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 well deserved ends up in second position. Um, and the funny thing is she had she struggled a little bit on Sunday, but with an issue in the pre the pre-final. We'll talk about her as the hard charger because she put in a great run there. So uh, just an overall great weekend for Sarah Bradley. Uh, Enzo Vidmontien was third uh, on, on the podium on a Saturday. They were struggling as well. They, I, I talked to them on Thursday or, or Friday. They were battling with overall grip as well on that parallel. Uh, but they got things dialed in, and he was definitely back in the fight when we were going racing on Saturday and Sunday. Vidmontien finishing in the third spot. Cameron Brinkman in fourth. And Emma Kate Scarborough, as uh, Nate had mentioned, running with uh, Chad Dawkins racing on the Cart Republic in fifth. Uh, Shun Sikaguchi was the hard charger, started at the tail of the field in 44th and drove up to 18th. So a good drive for Shun. Uh, Sunday, uh, Ernesto Rivera out of the gate, qualifies on pole, pre-final. He's, he's ready to dial things in, right? Uh, but the fight up front was awesome. It was a three-driver scrap. It was Miller, Rivera up front, and then Leonardo Scorpioni, Nate, was right there. Kind of hanging out P3, right? Kind of watching it all happen. Uh, Miller and Rivera kind of went back and forth. Scorpio was clean. I, I think it was the final lap. They went down into the turn eight hairpin. And I want to say Miller went to the inside of Rivera to make the pass. They kind of pushed wide. Scorpioni, a perfect over-under. And he ends up grabbing the race win as Rivera and Miller went, went at it pretty hard through 9, 10, and 11. Ended up being 1.8 seconds at the line. But Scorpioni, an absolutely perfectly executed kind of over-under when those two leaders were battling each other. Yeah, absolutely. And just laying back throughout the day, just kind of letting everyone essentially take each other out and 
make the contact and be like, okay, I'll just wait till the final and get this done then. But a really good run for him, for the OTK pilot, for one person who was absolutely destroying the curb uh, yeah. in that section compared to everyone else who was just kissing it from at least the pictures I've seen from me taking pictures there. He was all over that four tires off the ground at some point. But again, a good uh, confidence booster. I've been using that a lot for these uh, Florida Winter Series. Uh, yeah. rounds which obviously that is going to be for going into the 2023 season for him I'll, he said just a lot of good racing in this k100 engine package and especially in the junior class so it's definitely going to be one of the dog fights to watch throughout 2023 i mentioned that sarah bradley had a great run on on uh, on saturday getting up to second after finishing third on the racetrack she got, had another one and obviously the confidence kind of brewing up there for sarah which is great she started near the tail of the field 41st in the uh, main event on Sunday and drove her way up into 18th. So a lot of passing for her uh, a 23 position improvement. So a great job for Sarah there in the end of the championship. Uh, Stephen Miller getting the title by 85 points over Vidmontian and the win on Sunday, uh, vaulting a Scorpione up into third. So good job for Stephen Miller, a championship there. He and again, uh, Ernesto Rivera, kind of the ones we're going to be watching to see whether or not they continue their battle at the pro tour opener the Winter Nationals at the end of March at uh, Orlando Kart Center. So, all right, let's go do another quick break. When we get back, we'll go KA100 Master, Master Shifter, and then we'll wrap things up again after another break with Mini Swift and, and so on. So we get back after this break, KA100 Master and Master Shifter. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product, available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Kartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TB Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Race Lab. Race with us. Win with us. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability, 
depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. Welcome back to our EK and Debrief. Rob Howden alongside Nate Dean as we jump into the Supercarts USA Winter Series Race Report. This is a race report brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. KA100 Master presented by Kart Racing Solutions. And here is your headline, Near Sweep for Rawlison in Series Debut. I talked about the fact that uh, Mike Rawlison, the team owner for Rawlison Performance Group, electing to don the suit and helmet on the weekend, which I thought was great. Uh, came out of the gate, and, re- and really the only session that he did not top was qualifying on Sunday. He was P1 in qualifying on Saturday, won the pre-final, walked away to a 4.7-second win over Luis Schiavo and Michel Garrido on um, on Saturday. Schiavo and Garrido, the two drivers that were really battling for the championship, Schiavo won race one, Garrido won race two after a technical issue put Schiavo on the sideline. Uh, so those drivers were kind of in the fight. Uh, the, the battle behind them, I want to say fourth back to about sixth or seventh, was unbelievably tight. You had Mario Barrios in there. You had Takaharu Nakamori. You had Miguel Mir. Um, Nikki Coelho was in there as well on the Merlin. In the end, uh, Taka, uh, Nakamori was able to come out fourth, Coelho in fifth with some pretty good racing there. And, and, and solid as well for Garrido, Nate. He started seventh. Actually didn't have a great pre-final. He got shuffled back, but he got himself back up to P3 to keep himself in championship contention. Yeah, for sure. And it was still uh, very close between those championship contenders throughout the weekend. I was didn't get to watch this one as this class as much as I wanted to. It was kind of getting ready for uh, the S30 races and sessions for this one. But of course, again, like I've been saying, for senior and junior, the K100 platform producing some great racing. We're going to... Oh, yeah take out of the outlier that is Mike Rolson, who won by 4.7 seconds and 9.4 seconds in both of the finals. So apart from that close, good racing between all of the masters for this winter series. So again, as uh, Nate alluded to, uh, Rolson did exactly the same thing on Sunday, although Schiavo was the top qualifier. He he put it on pole. Rolson actually, I believe, followed him through turn one in the pre-final, but ended up winning that one as well. He just had things handled. Mike, uh, obviously, is a a multi-time champion driver from his youth and just is a talent for sure. Great to see him get back behind the wheel. And a 9.435 win was the Sunday result. The big battle, though, was Barrios and Garrido, um, who went at it uh, because there was an issue for Schiavo, um, which essentially handed the championship to Garrido. Schiavo had something happen, I think, at the very start. I don't even think he started the race. Again, kind of walking away from his cart with dis- in disgust. Uh, so that could open things up for Garrido. But the battle was Barrios and Garrido at the end. And in fact, through 9, 10, and 11 on the last lap, they were banging on each other. It was like the NASCAR drivers coming to the line uh, to win the 500. They were beaten, leaning on each other, and somehow Barrios ended up coming out with second. So it was a Rawlson performance 1-2 on Sunday. Garrido in third, though, solidifying that championship by 34 markers over Schiavo. Miguel Mir, who has had mentioned running for Orsalon, uh racing on a Tony car, was in the fight from fourth back to seventh and eighth on Saturday. He worked his way up to P4 on Sunday, and that gave him third overall in the championship as well, and another top five for Nakamori, who was also the hard charger. He actually uh, started 14th and worked his way up to 5th. 
Uh, let's another. Let's do a thirty-second overview of Master Shifter. Only two drivers in the category. Greyhound Racing seats the sponsor. The headline is Barnes locks up second straight crown. Well, Skitchy Barnes coming in from Bermuda it was he and Daniel Debos on the Lenzo cart for uh, International Motorsports. Uh, Debos essentially dominated the action on Saturday, winning the pre-final after qualifying pole, seven point two five seconds over Barnes in the main. Uh, and no racing at all throughout the week, and they really never raced each other. They got close. Actually, ran a lot closer on Sunday. Debos actually uh, qualified on pole. Barnes got the whole shot and won the pre-final. And Debos actually got the win in the final, but a pushback bumper moved him back to second and put Barnes back to P1. So he walked away with the championship there as well. So all in all, uh, for Scott Barnes, a chance to get over here and uh, do some more shifter cart racing. He's going to do a lot of racing in 2020. Uh, three, we know we got the uh, new Bermuda Street race coming as well. EKN will be there. I'm going to go out and announce that and and, uh, and hopefully get a chance to do some racing as well. And so Scott came over and and uh, and won a championship, did some shifted kart racing, and then headed to Colorado with his buddy Jeff Souza to do some skiing. So <laughs> that's a, that's a way to wrap up a solid trip, Nate, right? You got you to make sure you have a, a dual purpose run when you're making the trek from Bermuda to race two guys uh, in a shifter race. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, folks, let's go for another break here. Uh, we'll wrap things up on the race report. We'll uh, cap it all off with Mini Swift and Micro Swift. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, 
with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margate Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network and their 107th edition of the EKN Debrief as we're wrapping things up here for our race report of the Supercarts USA Winter Series Finale at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, the event January, or rather February the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Let's go to Mini Swift, presented by DNJ Intermodal Services, and here's the headline. Johnson and Palacio win, Trucho claims title. And yeah, three drivers in the fight in terms of, of wins and the championship, because there was a lot of stuff that was going on. It was very tight when it was all said and done. Uh, last year's Microsoft champion, Alessandro Trucheau, coming out of the gate on Saturday, qualified on pole. But Devin Waltz, who was quick throughout the entire week, ends up winning the pre-final of the Cart Republic. Uh, the driver, though, who came to the forefront, like he did in both races in January, was Lucas Palacio. He ended up coming through getting the on-track win, but uh, got dinged for squish. In tech, a number of drivers got the squish penalties on the weekend. Uh, so that moved Kai Johnson, who had a great drive on the Benick, moved him up to the race win. Michael McGoy ends up in second. Uh, over the last lap, I think he was fifth to start the final lap. He, in fact, for most of the lap, but through the final couple of corners, McGoy did a, a great job. Somehow found his way through on the last lap, ends up third on the racetrack. But that turns into second because of the penalty to Palacio. And the penalty also bring in Max Christia, who we talked about quite a bit throughout the weekend on the Paralympic, brought him up to complete the podium in third. Yeah, and some fairly tight racing in the mini Swift field. As you mentioned, Palacio getting dinged for squish, which is unfortunate for him mm -hmm. being able to use that as his drop. Say what you want about that. <laughs> Nothing against Lucas or anything. It's just a, should you be able to drop a technical DQ. You, you weren't leave that you, up for debate. You used to, you, that, that something you, you weren't able to do, right? A technical DQ. You weren't able to drop it, but SKUs is allowing any drop of anything now. So there's not there's nothing holding back the drops, which I which I found interesting. That's a that's definitely something different, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a different approach, we'll say. I think in most uh other series you're not allowed to do that. I can't think of one off the top of my head that does it the way that uh Scusa did for the winner series, which it's I, I don't know. I'm not totally for it. I think if you, whether in, obviously in the case of Lucas, it wasn't any bad intent. It was just a bit of issue on the squish. I really don't think you should be able to use that as a drop because at the end of the day, your cart was illegal. But anyway, that's yeah, another well, topic. And, for and, and the, the just, just the comp, the the wonder, the wonder whether or not they think it's. A lot of people are renting engines nowadays, right? You rent an engine, yep. right? Or you or, or you have an engine and somebody services it for you. So it's not the driver's fault. It's kind of the engine provider's fault. You know what I mean? That's It's that it's yeah. that trying to potentially separate responsibility. I'm not sure if that's the reason. I'm just throwing it out there as the counterpoint on the on the conversation. So anyways, uh, Max Christie, as we said, goes to third. Uh, Trucheau, P4, which is interesting because when it's all said and done, the battle between first and second ended up being uh, four points. So, again, Ethan Tovo had a good run on the weekend as well. Caps off the top five. We'll cap off Saturday with uh, mentioning Royce Vega as the hard charger. Started 28th. He drives up into 12th. So a 16-position improvement for Royce Vega. 
out of the gate on Sunday, Michael McGoy stepping things up. He qualifies on pole. There, there's a race win coming pretty soon on the national level for Michael McGoy. He has been looking really good. Trouchot, big points in the pre-final. That's one of the reasons why we've got this championship. Because remember, in January, Palacio won both main events. He should have came in as the primary championship contender. But his his races were so good to watch because he started so deep in the field. 20-something in, in on Saturday in January, then outside the top 10 on Sunday, he didn't have the good points in the pre-final. Scuso awards a lot of points. It's 100 points to win a pre-final. So Trucheau, who was more consistent over the entire year, gets big points in the pre-final, wins the pre-final. In the main event, Palacio steps up, rebounds, comes back, and puts it on the table, gets the win by 1.1 seconds. Michael McGoy slipping by Trucheau on the final laps to be able to work his way into second as well. But Trucheau third, Nate, enough to win win the championship by just four points. Yeah, and Trucheau just having a really good start to the 2023 season. Palacio, very, very close behind. The two of them were both dominant on their days. They never really battled it out between each other from what I saw. But yeah, just came down to a when one was dominating, where was the other on track between the two of them? Michael McGoy, like you said, coming in third, who has won a major national karting event with the Super Nationals last year after the technical DQ I of Brown. The yeah, so yeah, he yeah. got he got pole and he got uh, that win last year. But in terms of 2023, definitely is going to be a championship contender for whatever series he runs. Obviously, it's going to be a hard fight as it always is in this mini Swift category. And we talked about that going into the first weekend about just the level of competition and how many drivers are moving up from micro Swift and how close it's going to be. And we definitely saw that think seven drivers in the end within a hundred points of each other so that was very very close i'm just trying to get that right uh no that wasn't no four five drivers within that 100 point gap between kai johnson and ashton woon who were also up there woon not having a great winter series but having the pace kai johnson getting that win and then you look to the outside who didn't quite who had some off days, but Devin Walls, Ethan Tobo, Marco Romeo, Marco Romeo, Max yeah. Christie, Devin Walls, all these drivers are very, very quick on their day. So this is this is going to be a class to watch for 2023. Ashton Moon, you mentioned he ended up finishing in that four spot, Santiago Nanam in fifth. And again, good good pickup on the McGoy thing. I, f- I forgot about the penalties and him winning the Super Nationals. It was interesting because I talked to, to Michael and his dad after the day on Sunday and McGoy and, and Michael's like, he's tired of finishing second obviously finishing second on the racetrack because he got that win, but you know, he wants to, he wants to have that victory on the track where you're coming across the line, hands in the air. So I think it's going to happen for him before it's all said and done. Let's move our way to Microswift and cap off the race report for this edition of the debrief racer racing, the sponsor of Microswift. Here's the headline, two new winners added as Pazonia Nito earns championship. And that kind of tells the story. Antonio Pazonia Nito was the dominant, like a flat out dominant driver uh, when, we were there, when we were there down there in January for rounds one and two, that was not the case on this particular weekend as it was essentially a three-driver fight up front the entire weekend long. Uh, Antonio Pizzonianito had to battle out with his teammate, Jao Paolo Bonadaman, as well as Maxwell Macha, the SLA karting driver on the parallel. All, all three drivers on parallels. Max uh, Macha got out of the gate, with, uh, qualified on pole on Saturday. Valentino Santian, who has also been really good throughout the entire uh, Winter Series championship, won the pre-final. 
But the main event was a three-driver breakaway. Jean-Paulo Bonadamin, Antonio Pazonianato, and Maxwell Macha were able to pull away. Uh, in the end, Bonadamin came out with the win. They were literally almost side-by-side, three wide coming across the line. He was able to find his way into the, the win. 66 thousandths of a second at the line. As Pazonianito got a really good run into the final corner, but just couldn't quite nip him at the line. But again, that's a win, a win, and a second for Pazonianito rolling into Sunday. Macha, though, with third, came up just a bit short. Colton Schneigenberg and Santian. Schneigenberg on the energy. Santian on that uh, peril and rounded out the top five. Liam Van Beek, another peril and driver, up seven from 18th to 11th as the hard charger. Uh, but Sunday, a little different play out there, Nate. Uh, again, Maxwell Macha ends up pole uh, in qualifying, but he kept it up and essentially topped all three sessions on the day. Yeah, Macha, who was in that uh, second pack, uh, for the first weekend and was up there on Saturday, just decided to walk away from the rest of the field who, like you said, qualifying pre-final and final all went his way for, again, the Paralyn driver who Paralyn cannot be more happy with that cadet chassis, I would assume, because that is just dominating every series it touches. A great win for Maxwell. I'm not sure where he would have. Yeah, he would have finished second in the championship. So good season for him. 80 points back from uh, Pisoni Nito, who obviously had that insanely dominant run. The first time we were out, who was always at least, I think, like five or six plus seconds for both of the finals. But it was good to see some racing in Micro Swift after up from racing up front in micro swift that we kind of got starved of the first weekend true (laughs) three or four drivers at some point so it was nice to see from these guys that's very true yeah it was kind of let me say it was very dominant for uh for brazilian nito in january match actually was able to pull away the kind of left them behind him to scrap he won by 11.2 seconds Schneigenberg was in the fight. So was Pazonianito. Pasha Ali finally getting some good luck. He had such bad luck in January with uh, uh, the chain guard coming off. And then something happened with, uh, with another. There was another uh, technical issue. But Pasha stepping things up and, and was able to work his way onto the podium. A strong run to third for him. Pazonianito actually not even on the podium on Sunday after three straight podium finishes. First, first and second. He ends up fourth. But that was enough. Uh, for him to get an 80-point championship win over Macha. Santian on his consistency ends up third in the title. Uh, all in all, though, uh, the driver who had some issues uh, was Jopalo Banadam, and he had an issue in the pre-final, but was able to work his way back up into ninth pos- position. He was fun to watch coming through the pre-final on the sideline, 26th up to ninth for Jopalo Banadam. Uh, all right, one more break, folks. We'll cap it off here and we come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship and then the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com.
history, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, let's put a bow on this edition of the EKN Debrief as we just wrapped up the race report of the Supercarts USA Winter Series, the uh, event down in Homestead, Florida, running in the clockwise direction. Let's wrap things up. Uh, you know, a couple of the notes, I guess. Yeah, the first uh, first Winter Series season we've had that didn't have significant rain. You, know, you look at the past a handful of years, you know, from this thing started, there was always one day, Nate, that we got literally poured on. You know, the, the, the we had we, we flooded the paddock before. Uh, the wind was so bad it blew up the cart chaser tent last year when we were trying to do the broadcast there. <laughs> it was we, we just we just had good weather. I mean, it was fantastic to get down there to some warm weather. It, there were some cool times, but it wasn't Minnesota or Canada cold. So we had some good weekends. I think everybody was pretty happy. Yeah. And for a winter series season to have about a total 15 minutes of rain when carts were on track seems insane to me yeah. so it, very very lucky for us for those who are quite good in the rain obviously a bit disappointed for them but you're all going home with dry suits so that's, that's always a plus and not having to dry everything out when you get home uh all in all no red flags on the weekend we always wait till the very end of the day on that in the weekend there was no red flags whatsoever uh which was great clean it, it was aggressive racing but we but nothing big of any sort which was awesome um, one things I, I was thought was interesting. I talked to a lot of drivers as we wrap things up here about which direction they liked. And it was kind of a split. Some drivers said, oh, I really like this direction. You know, some guys said, well, there's not that many places to pass here, but then other guys go, well, I think there's more places to pass. Cause there's at least four, four really good opportunities to overtake in really one, actually more one, two, four, six, seven, and, and turn number eight, right. Even in turn number nine, but not, not a lot of places to pass there. I was, I was interested in, in, in what drivers liked and all in all, I was pretty happy with the exciting racing we got at X30 senior. Yeah. And I think going this direction at pretty much every corner becomes a passing opportunity, whether there's not really a bad passing opportunity where there are on the other direction. There's some places where it's like, if you attempt to pass here, you're going to lose us a ton of time. We're going this direction. I think you can, a hold with whatever driver is in front of you relatively if you're side by side with someone um i heard uh, norberg say this direction it kind of just breaks up the flow of going the other direction uh the tulio saying obviously there's he thinks there's a bit more passing opportunities here so like you said it's pretty 50 50 between the paddock of which direction they prefer which direction uh, causes better racing is 
Well, here's a question for you, kind of with this direction, because you mentioned it about Scorpioni. Do you feel like the guys have to attack the curbing more? Because I know you took a lot of pictures of that. You're taking the video of it. When you walked around the racetrack, when you were, you know, filming content, did you feel like this was a track where you really had to attack the curb a lot more than the other direction? So I think only in that one section that would be turn five going the other direction only the junior classes were really getting up on it and then shifter was kind of kissing it a little bit but like ka senior x30 senior they weren't really touching it all that much during racing okay from what i saw in the qualifying and the warm-up sessions when i was out there they were full attack and i posted a few pictures of uh tourney ramos and norberg who were full attack over that section but when it came to racing everyone kind of backed off of it which i thought was okay. a little interesting i saw yeah. a couple of op- of instances where might explain a little bit where i know rivera in junior was one of those that was all over it and if someone was close enough and they had a run on him they would get your front bumper underneath their rear tire so that might be one reason why some people didn't attack as as much so people don't get under you and really mess up your chances into that hairpin because you have a very long straightaway going uh, after that so you're going to want a really good exit out of it but yeah it was just really the junior classes and a couple of the shifters that were full attack over the curbs yeah indeed that uh one of the things obviously from being that the final round of this is we're all of a sudden thinking about the winter tour right we're thinking about the i mean the, the the pro tour the winter nationals is coming up uh which drivers are we seeing that are really good here maybe their home track at Homestead, what are they going to be like when we get up to the Orlando Kart Center? What's the what's the winter series look like? My question, too, is are we going to see Joe Turney back? Uh, I hope that they bring him back again because I think he enjoyed himself over here. We know that we're going to have Thomas Stolzermanis over for a couple of events. We'll see how many drivers from, from Europe maybe come over to do some racing here this year. Yeah, and I'm sure that's all the American drivers who are up front thinking, ah, great. We have to keep up this level of competition, but a lot of them, a lot of them were relishing this challenge and Norberg being one of them and yeah. his post race, his post weekend interview. And it's only gonna, it's only gonna help us for writing the stories. It's only going to be a help for the fans who get to watch some incredible racing with a strength of field that just continues to go up, especially in these seniors classes with the likes of Joe Turney joining us with Thomas Dulcermanis, who are these heavyweights over in Europe coming over to play with the Americans and prove themselves. So it's looking to be a very fun and competitive 2023. Uh, let's go to the Constructors Championship. Nine brands winning over the 18 races. Magic Kart getting four wins with the shifter kart categories, AJ Myers and Scott Barnes. Cosmic with four wins. Obviously, the Rollison Performance Group guys stepping up with Ernesto Rivera and Mike Rollison. Tony Cart with a couple. Cart Republic with a couple. Carol uh, with two as well. Single wins for uh, Red Speed, Lenzo Cart, Benick, and Dapp. And, of course, Dapp with Joe Turney. So, nine different brands scoring race wins. Let's wrap things up now, folks. We'll have a look at the uh, EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented by MG Tires. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires are the official spec tire for the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your uh, compound preference, MG Tires has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow, you find at many karting events in the U.S., 
or the soft or the super soft rather green SS or intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your set of winning rubber in stock. Uh, for more information, go to MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you. Check out their website at uh, www.mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires for the drivers. All right, let's cap things off here. In March, we've got a couple of races at the start of March. And, of course, at the end of March, we head down to uh, Orlando for the uh, the event, the um, the Supercarts USA Winter Series, the Pro Tour opener. Uh, David Cole and I will be back. Uh, actually, no, Dave will be there by himself. In fact, all three of us are going to be trackside somewhere on the first weekend of March, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. David's heading out to the Challenge of the Americas. Well, that'll be an EK and trackside live uh, coverage event uh, at Phoenix Air, uh, Phoenix Kart Racing Association in Glendale. We'll have the uh, Mike Smith will be joining uh, David because I will not be there. I'm going to be in St. Petersburg for the uh, USF Pro Championships opener alongside the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, so watch for Mike and David to be there again at EKN Trackside live show. So we'll be streaming the live broadcast on the app and on ecardinews.com slash live. Uh, again, I'm going to be in St. Petersburg. Nate, you're going to be trackside on that weekend as well, though. Uh, March fourth. I thought isn't that the, isn't that isn't that the uh, spring nationals for CKNA? Oh, yeah, that's the. I was looking at my calendar. I'm like, I'm not due until the end of March. Yeah, spring now <laughs> for right. CKNA. That's it. That'll be that'll be a fun. You're not uh, really going down in an official EKN. Like we're not doing a full coverage deal, but you're going no. down to help out some crew. You're going to be down there with which what man. That's going to be a big race. They had 220 pre-entries, I think, last week, right? Yeah. Um, they put uh, CKNA putting out a post just a couple days, I think, after opening and uh, immediately hitting that 200 mark that we talked Man. about so much. And I, I haven't checked what it is now. I'm a little scared to check <laughs> to see if they've possibly hit 300 for this race. But I know a lot of people, at least from my area, have gone down in the past couple of years. I don't think as much so this year but obviously a lot a lot of interest in the a206 package and b cKNA as a whole yeah. with i don't know if this is a, a round in quotes for the east or south series they they do these uh they do add these bigger events into some series. Yeah, I, sure I, I think, I think, I think the Northeast is, I think, I think the new, the new Northeast series is using it as one of their, their rounds. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. So all three of us will be trackside. Of course, as I said, I'll be doing the uh, USF pro championship series, formerly known as the road to Indy. David will be out for the challenge of the Americas at PKRA in Glendale, Arizona. Again, that'll be an ECAN trackside live uh, show with uh, Mike Smith on the PA and Nate will be trackside. Uh, helping out some buddies and enjoying himself down at the CKNA Spring Nationals in Charlotte. Uh, after that, week after that, um, actually, David will be heading to the USPKS Southern Grand Prix. So a lot of racing going on at the Orlando Kart Center, a lot of racing going on in Florida throughout uh, the month of March. David will be there for the opening rounds of the USPKS at, uh, at OKC in Orlando. That is March 10th, 11th, and 12th. So back-to-back for David, doing Challenge of the Americas and then USPKS. So that great program is going to get things fired up. Uh, they had massive numbers last year as well, and a lot of stuff going on with uh, USPKS. They're obviously adding the shifter cart category this year as well. So uh, that should be an absolutely massive event down in Orlando on March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Yeah, hopefully we see a bit more shifter card entries for uspks but i think that now 
that it's the first race of this pro calendar yeah that we've been talking about the past couple of years between uspks the scusa pro tour and between the super nationals and the ima grand nats it's the start of that season so i think there's going to be a lot more than what we saw at the winter series where again this is more of treated for most people as a warm-up than you know going for the prestige of that title yeah. so yeah, I think there'll be there's always some good shifter entries down in Orlando too. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more. Agreed, agreed. All right, folks, that wraps things up for this edition of the debrief. Big thank you to Mega Power for being uh, the sponsor of the podcast here today. Tons of stuff, information coming, folks, uh, throughout uh, the year. And again, look uh, for more podcasts coming. We'll have with so much stuff going on right now with all these races, we've got our outlap podcast, our debrief podcast. We've got some more face-to-face one-on-one shows coming. So uh, there's a lot of content coming out, uh, especially when I get back to the office here on Friday and, and drop the hammer, getting ready for so much stuff. As Nate said, we're getting ready to roll into the national season here now, really. Uh, and again, with Scuzo, with USPKS, still more events with the challenge of the Americas, that West coast national rock cup USA program. Uh, a lot of competition coming. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of The Debrief. We do appreciate it, folks. Uh, and again, lots more coming, as I said. On behalf of Nate Dean, my name's Rob Haddon. Bye for now.